This is season three of the Leaders Lead, Leaders Read podcast, and I am your host, Dr. Shantae Scroggins. Welcome to those of you who are finding us for the first time. Hope you stick around. Welcome back to our tribe of reading leaders. This season is full of more leading, more reading, more reviews from great leadership books and great books with leadership lessons. Hello, leaders. Welcome back. We took a little break to read and I am excited to bring this selection for us to consider. It's called Leadership Vertigo. The copyright, let's flip that page and see. Copyright is 2014 by S. Max Brown and Tanvir Nasir. Here's the subtitle, Why Even the Best Leaders Go Off Course and How They Can Get Back on Track. Now, you or someone you know may suffer from the condition that is vertigo and vertigo the authors are saying is not usually that obvious it doesn't always impair our ability to act or move but vertigo results when the brain believes the false signal and acts accordingly. So here's the definition to get us all on the same page. Leadership vertigo refers to false signals being sent by our brain, asserting that everything is moving along as it should when it's not. So while all of us are susceptible to experiencing this this distortion in our perception, as a leader, The risk is greater because it's your vision and guidance, which serves to inform your team as to whether things are going well or not. As leaders, we intuitively understand and appreciate the benefits uh, that certain measures of theory and study and success will bring to our team, yet we struggle to make these changes a sustainable reality. The problem we face, here's what the authors say, is not a lack of knowledge of what's needed to create the kind of workplaces we admire and attempt to emulate. Rather, the problem we face is the phenomenon of leadership vertigo, which distorts our perception of the realities our employees face in the workplace. These days, there's several ways to label it. Um, It's an issue of organizational culture. Uh, There is a lack of awareness on the part of the leader. Uh, There is this tone deafness, uh, just being completely oblivious to how the leader is perceived by or comes across to the team and subordinates. Um, Here's another passage. Leadership vertigo sends us false signals, assuring us that we are applying proven leadership theories and concepts properly. Consequently, Problems that arise may give us the misconception that these approaches don't work in the real world, or at least under the unique conditions found in our own organizations. Um, And they give, they go right into examples. This book is uh, instructional and anecdotal. So then we see one of the first examples laid out is when employees might be treated to a really nice lunch, only to be heard later complaining 
that the time spent on the lunch could have been spent working or when leadership recognizes an individual or a team and it doesn't elicit any happy feelings or motivation that they were counting on. Um, or even when a leader may be making their best effort to connect with their team on an authentic level and thinks that their attempts are working, <laughs> but it's actually not. Um, this book challenges our perception and offers by way of solution for leadership principles to address vertigo. And I will say that this book is an a creative way to represent some time-tested solutions. So these solutions will not sound unfamiliar to us, but I love the way that it's presented uh, by the authors. Leadership principle number one, build community. An environment where people want to give their best requires a sense of belonging, a sense of community. This all begins with respect and recognition. Effective leaders celebrate when others succeed. Uh, so this is our Maslow point in uh, creating a culture, creating a workplace environment that uh, fosters a sense of community. I think some places go overboard in the idea of family. I worked at a place for over 10 years and um, I watched the children of my coworkers grow up. I you know, watched life changes happen with different coworkers, parents passed away, um, divorces, all kinds of things, moving to a home, you know, good news and bad news. And you can get into this illusion that because you spend so much of your waking hours with the people you work with, that there is a family dynamic. When it's not, it, family is different from community. This is not what the author is saying. This is just my addition to the book, my uh, processing of the principle on building community. Leadership principle number two, develop competence. The energy level and the emotions of the leader are contagious. Isn't that the truth? The way that leaders relate to others directly impacts results. Our team members will take their cues from the energy and attitude we bring to the table. Oh my gosh. If I had a scrolling marquee, it would be blinking right now. And we're going to go into a little more detail for these principles, but this one is huge because developing competence here uh, has little to do with skill. And we train and we take the workshops and the seminars and the classes. We go and we earn the degrees and the certifications. Um, this book really could enhance a leader relationally. Leadership principle number three, earn credibility. Credibility requires trust. They said authenticity and self-awareness are paramount to establishing that trust. Too many leadership, air quotes here, skills are merely techniques that are perceived as gimmicks by employees because they aren't real. We have to earn our credit with our teams. Uh, there is a buy-in that we need. And I understand there are some leadership dynamics where... Uh, 
the relational piece is Lanyap. It is extra because the assignment or the task of the team is very cut and dry. It's very black and white. No nonsense. Here are the instructions. We just need to do this um, and we'll celebrate when it's over. But there is a continuity that this book suggests uh, for leadership practice that we have to earn credibility with our teams beyond our skill. It's not just what we know, but how we are able to rally, how we are able uh, to gather our team to push them forward, to uh, get to the desired result. There are different ways to do that. Leadership principle number four, cultivate compassion. Ding, 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 ding. Cultivate compassion. Compassion requires courage and vulnerability to listen, understand, and act. Wise leaders learn about others by asking questions, serving others with genuine concern for their well-being creates meaning. I want to go back to this statement, wise leaders learn about others by asking questions. I have a colleague in another country. His name is Danny Sims, and he made a passerby statement in a conversation we had a while back. And he said, if you can say it, then you can ask it. And that is a powerful uh, nuance to adopt leaders that if we can say it, then we can find a way to ask it, to pose a question, to open room for the contribution of our team members. So let's go back now and dig into these leadership principles a bit. I think I have something to say about those aside from the book. So the questions that we ask ourselves as leaders for each of these principles, first, building community. Do the people feel like they belong? What am I really communicating to my employees? Remember, there is message given and there is message received. Are they the same? Second principle on developing competence. Here are two questions we ask ourselves, leaders. One, why does the way I feel matter? Being emotionally uh, aware, turning our emotional intelligence on ourselves. <laughs> and the second question is, how does my energy level and emotions impact the people around me? This one's a really good chapter. Next principle, earning credibility. And they talk about, the authors talk about the the, the brave uh, courage required for us to ask this first question. What is it like to work with me? What is it like to work with me? Do people believe in me? Powerful questions. And then the fourth principle in cultivating compassion, the two questions are one, how am I helping my employees to do their best work? And two, how am I able to help them grow? All right, so now let's dig in on the leadership principle of building community. One of the top priorities of today's successful leaders is to help employers feel a, employees feel a sense of purpose in what they do, as well as feel like valued members of the organization. Uh, speaking to their value. There's a sense of respect. There's a sense of recognition from uh, the facility staff who's responsible for 
cleanliness and disinfecting these days and upkeep to the C-suite and our senior leaders, everyone in between uh, from the administrative staff who really does make the whole machine run uh, to those who represent the company or the organization to um, investors and stockholders and all. Having respect and recognition for the contribution of all. They give a wonderful anecdote of a CEO who noticed overflowing trash cans and sent out a directive that until the company trash cans were maintained at a satisfactory level, he would take out his own trash. And the employees watched him do this and it opened a door for communication. Um, Community, the authors say, has to be anchored to something. It needs to be tied to a vital element or credo, a shared purpose or cause for it to truly matter to the employees and to those the organization serves. So the real problem often comes down to what we foster and communicate through our leadership. Do our actions and words engender a sense of belonging, a commonality in our collective efforts among those we lead? Or do we simply treat our employees as task-oriented workers whose sole function is to fulfill their larger part of the process? Their part of the larger process. So building community means paying attention. Paying attention. Come here. Wonderful quote from the movie Sister Act. If you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, you have to what? Wake up and pay attention, leaders. We do not lead in a silo and we cannot get the job done without our teams. Um, and so recognition and respect are also balanced out by accountability. Let's go into the next principle, developing competence. Leaders need to develop a greater awareness of our energy level on any given day, as well as our emotional attitude during day-to-day -day interactions with those we lead. Now, this chapter speaks a little bit to how we need to, leaders, create a buffer, build in a buffer for our triggers. So that means if we need to take a walk, let's take a quick walk. If we need to step outside, get some fresh air, get some vitamin D from that sunshine, let's do that. If we need to change pace, change course right, right quick so we can transition, um, especially for those of us who go back to back to back to back in meetings and we're just drained. We're talked out, we're zoomed out, we're zoned out and we need um, not necessarily a cup of coffee or tea, although that could be appreciated. Uh, we may we may need something a little more, um, a, a song, a, a diversion that can help us improve our mood and then go into the important talks and calls and meetings so that we can uh, continue to relate to others successfully. Most leaders, Brown and Nasir say, unfortunately lack an awareness of the moods of their employees and consequently how their emotions are, inter are impacting how they approach their work. This in turn impacts how leaders treat the people around them because empathy relies on self-awareness. And if our self-awareness is weak, 
our empathy will be weak as well. Remember when our defenses are low, when we're tired, when we're angry, when we're on the defense, uh, our filters are a little flimsy. And so we have to position ourselves in a way to uh, keep our ourselves ourselves together good self-government that's it good self-management good self-government here's an exercise the authors give to take a look at our energy and emotions during a typical day at work take a sheet of paper make three columns on it column one write the tasks you deal with in a typical day column two write the emotions you normally feel for each task that's the center column don't overthink it just your honest emotions about these tasks. And in the third column on the right, using a scale from one to five, five being the highest, rate your perceived energy level when you perform these tasks. And observe yourself during a day, a typical day at the office, and note your dominant emotion throughout the workday. Note your average energy level. Are there any surprises? How many positive experiences do you have throughout the day? What is your average daily ratio of positive to negative or neutral experiences? Uh, so there are ways here to assess our competence for leadership. Principle number three, earning credibility. One great thing about this book, I'll say, is that the whole book is written, it's basically a reflective piece. It could have been a journal. They could have added in uh, journal pages for reflection because this book forces leaders to look inward and to uh, search our own leadership style. The authors quote Kuzis and Posner who say that credibility is gained in small quantities through physical presence. Leaders have to be physically present. They have to be visible and they have to get close to their constituents to earn their respect and trust. Leaders who are inaccessible cannot possibly expect to be trusted just because they have a title. Credibility is earned via the physical acts of shaking a hand or leaning forward, stopping to listen and being responsive by sharing personal experiences, telling their own stories and joining in dialogue. Leaders become people and not just positions. Um, credibility hinges on three fundamentals, honesty, competence, and enthusiasm. Being willing to show your humanities, reveal imperfections and vulnerabilities, let yourself be seen making some mistakes and how you correct those uh, will set the tone for teams and members of the organization. Let's look at the next. Principle four, the final one, cultivating compassion. Answers to how am I helping my employees do their best work and how am I able to help them grow lie in both how effective we are in consistently listening to what our employees tell us and in learning from them what it's like to work for us. The authors make a point immediately after the statement to explain compassion versus 
empathy. Compassion is not only about demonstrating our understanding and awareness of another person's reality or experience, but also of our willingness to do something about it, to respond or change our approach because of what we now know about the other person's circumstance. The note I wrote in the margin is compassion is action. It's not just putting ourselves in the shoes of others. So when it comes to the workplace, what does compassion look like? How does I, how is our leadership informed uh, by compassion? And again, we bring up authenticity. Having a genuineness of connection. Showing compassion at work encourages a healthier workplace because we are demonstrating to our employees that we care about them as people. Benefits include a greater focus on shared goals, better overall results, improved camaraderie, and increased levels of trust and respect. Experiencing compassion at work leads to a, get this, cascading effect of positive emotions among employees, leading to reduced stress levels, a decline in turnover rates, and an increase in job satisfaction all which enhance the organizational culture. So they encourage active listening, learning, learning from mistakes and learning about our employees and teams. And then uh, there are, what, two pages and a little bit with book recommendations. I enjoyed this book. I think this book would be a great handbook for an executive leadership retreat. If you're an executive coach out there, this might be a great book uh, to help bridge any gaps in understanding between high-level leadership and the workers on the ground. Um, And how simple these principles are to enact for good results to begin to turn the ship around. So um, if you get this book, you read it by yourself or with a group, please circle back. Let me know what you thought of it. Is there anything that I missed? Anything I should draw my attention to that grabbed you? Uh, Let us know. And we look forward to continuing to learn together. Thank you for spending some time with me uh, and the Leaders Lead, Leaders Read podcast. Uh, Until we are together again, Lead well and read more. We'll see you next time. Leaders, oh, they lead. Leaders, oh, they read.